Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really glad to have you tuned in this morning here in early November. And uh, just appreciate all of our faithful listeners. We love hearing comments from people that listen to the show regularly and uh, just really uh, appreciate those comments. Uh, don't be bashful about telling people, your friends, about the show. We just want to get as many listeners as we can. So... Uh, Greg, we're, I have Greg with me this morning, Greg Rice, and Greg's our production supervisor. And Greg, uh, I kind of briefly mentioned in one of the previous segments that you're over a pretty large and involved crew of people. Yeah, and got, we've grown we've over the years. We've got a large number of projects <laughs> going at any given time, and each of those projects has an immense number of details and yes. issues, don't they? <laughs> they sure do. So you've got a great support staff, you know, to kind of help keep track of all that, but you're, you're the... Uh, you're the father of that whole uh, wing of the company, and uh, you kind of monitor things and see what's going on and see what's happening in the field and what's happening in the office and the status of permits and the t- status of selections, <laughs> and it just goes on and on, doesn't it? It does. It does some days. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of logistics. So today we're talking about just really some of the... Uh, planning and remodeling details uh, that go into a remodeling project. And we talked about plumbing the last segment. So we mentioned that electrical and lighting is a huge issue too, Greg. So uh, what are some of the key points about electric and electricity that you think clients should be aware of if they're contemplating a remodel project? Uh, The first thing is, is it uh, a system that can handle and um, some of the lighting and the new kitchen layout. So you might have a what we call an undersized electric panel in the basement. Might not have enough amperage in it. Uh, the panel might be obsolete to where it's not allowed to be uh, modified in any way, shape, or form. There's about four or five of those out there um, that are actually can be an electrical fire hazard. So if we do work. Um, our people are trained to check to see does that panel need upgraded Um, those are probably the main things that uh, can cause you you know some increased cost when you do your remodeling but it's definitely a safety feature that you're going to want to check out for yourself Mm -hmm. yeah safety is a big issue with electricity you know plum it is to some degree with plumbing too because you don't want sewer gas you know coming into your home and you don't want uh, water lines leaking and flooding right. your house. But with electricity and potential fire hazards or a shock hazard, uh, it's very, very critical, isn't it, the safety issues? It is, and a lot of your old panels have no grounding um, in them. A lot of your homes have just two wires, not three. Um, mm-hmm. You'll see it in your outlet plugs. If you got two plugs without the bottom ground plug, then you know that that's an older panel. Mm-hmm. That would never pass code today. Yeah, and that is a safety issue. Those are where you get your electrical shocks from. Yeah, and then certain type of breakers uh, wear over years and time to where they can actually melt in the panel and cause a fire because they're not operating correctly. So, not to put a scare into anyone, but it's good to have that checked. Yeah, and I just think about you mentioned the term over the years, and back when we first started in the business, there were no GFI no uh, circuits. There were no arc fault circuits. Right. So there's been a lot of safety features added to electrical systems in homes today. And really, I think our, our modern wiring system with these uh, 
protective devices in uh, checking for the ground fault uh, circuit interruption and the arc faults. It's just uh, a lot of safety features that are in a modern electrical system today that I think make us, uh, in, we end up with a very safe electrical program. We do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So a lot of in remodeling, we're always going into homes of various ages. So we don't know. You mentioned old panels and some of the ones that are fire hazards. Yeah. Well, I mean, we remodel homes that are over 100 years old, don't we? We do. We, do. we yeah. see the old, uh, as they call it, knob and tube yeah. uh, in some of the homes. And I, I'm not saying that all that is dangerous. If it's done correctly during the remodel, it doesn't mean you have to tear it all out. Mm-hmm. There's just code precautions and steps you have to take to make sure that you're, you know, doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. So just in terms of general planning, uh, we've got switches, we've got outlets, we have lighting. What are some of your thoughts if someone, let's say they're putting an addition on? Well, first off, you're probably going to um, meet code, which is about every six feet, you're going to have to have a wall outlet. I would think about your travel path and how you live your life and how you move in and out of what that room's going to be. Where's your travel patterns and you should have switches at those uh, doorways or the entry points to the room or exit points uh, so that you can turn lights off and on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then is there any specialty things? Are you going to run a home office in that area? You might want to run, you know, a combination outlet with a USB plug in Mm -hmm. um, so that you're charging phones right off the outlet and you don't need the old big, huge black thing hanging off the wall anymore you just plug it right into the outlet Um, so there's that planning plus your how do you use the space where do you need your lights where you need your lighting um, how that's done Um, Mm -hmm. and as you do detail work do you need more lighting or a higher amount of wattage in that area to take care of it it's more about how you're going to live in that space yeah you know when we think about outlets outlets and placement of outlets in uh, so many of the homes I've lived in like in my bedroom or family room wherever I want to plug something in the wall there's a sofa or a chair or something (laughs) right in the way and so whenever I add on to my home or do wiring I make sure there's an outlet right by a doorway or some place where there's not going to be this big hunk of furniture that's blocking your access to an outlet. Yeah you know Gary you and I both I built my home and you think that I would be smart enough to check for that (laughs) and think about you know how are we going to live in that space where's Mm -hmm. the furniture go where's the tv going to go and leave yourself some options Mm -hmm. when you do that. Yeah. Uh, and of course, lighting is such a crucial thing nowadays, um, and it's become so much more a part of design today than it was, you know, years ago when we started in this industry. Yeah, I can remember we, we used to think that one two by four fluorescent fixture in the middle of a kitchen <laughs> was terrific lighting, right? Yep, we, <laughs> we did. We used to think that handled every issue, but wow, how far off were we? We were way off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, wonderful, too, now because, you know, then we went to can lights with regular bulbs. And in the summer, you'd be cooking, and the, and those put off heat. And now we have these wonderful LED fixtures, can lights that go in that, mm-hmm. that virtually do not heat up the room, give you sometimes, depending on the quality that you buy or the rating of the looms, mm-hmm. Uh, a brighter, wider light, easier to work with. And mm-hmm. a lot of those are dimmable now, too. Yeah. 
you know, fluorescents, you couldn't dim them. Well, you could try, but they didn't work very well. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and then we're putting the under cabinet lighting in too in virtually every kitchen we do. And that puts that light right where you need it when you're working. If you're working with food, cooking, uh, at the sink, washing dishes, whatever. I think that's been the biggest improvement mm-hmm. in kitchens when it comes to lighting is the under cabinet. Because if you think about it, all your light usually comes from above and you're casting shadows in those areas under right. the cabinets. and. Under cabinets, a great way to get rid of that, those dark spots. Yeah, and the fixtures available for that, they are amazing compared to what it used to be. You know, you used to have to just buy the fluorescent, uh, different lengths of small fluorescent fixtures to put under the cabinets. But <clears throat> today we have beautiful, thin LED strips that go in there and give great light, very efficient light, and are completely uh, inconspicuous. Yep, they are very <clears throat> nice now. Exactly. So lighting is huge. Uh, we, also, we, on all of our projects, will have what we call a quality control meeting right before we run all the electric. So if we've added an addition, the client can be standing in there with us and they can visualize where the, the switches will be, the outlets, the lights, and uh, we have that meeting just because then it's, instead of looking at a floor plan, they're actually looking at their real living space and it's so much easier to kind of think through where the outlet placement or where the switch placement will be and we can make those adjustments. Our guys try to mark out the floor too for every one of those walkthroughs so you can see where the sink is, where the Mm -hmm. countertop space is and you can be thinking during that walkthrough, okay, what appliances, what am I going to use that space for? Does that get the toaster oven? We might want an extra outlet back there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> okay, so thanks, Greg. We're going to take a quick break. After that, let's talk about some like hanging TVs and other interior trims. So we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, president of Dave Fox Design Build, uh, Design Build Remodelers right here in the Columbus area. And last week I was speaking with Mark and Adam from Greenscapes. We talked about some outdoor fall preps to get ready for the winter season and then uh, also talked about uh, if you have any projects in mind for spring, now's a good time to be talking about that with uh, Greenscapes, or for that matter, if you're going to do some remodeling in spring, you need to be talking with us at Dave Fox because it takes some planning time to get all that done. So we appreciate all of our listeners. If you're new this morning, welcome aboard. Uh, if you ever want to go and listen to any of our previously broadcast radio shows, you can go to DaveFoxRadio.com, and there you can download or listen to any of our previously broadcast shows. So today I've got Greg Rice back with me. Greg, good to have you here this morning. Thanks. Great to be back again. All right. So, Greg, we're going to talk about, let's see, when you're on the show, we're always talking about um, the house or different phases of remodeling or planning. Um, this is the Dave Fox Remodeling Show, so yes, by golly, is. we talk about remodeling, right? <laughs> but just for fun, you want to talk about cars today? or? Oh, I'd love to, Gary, <laughs> okay. but I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> All right, that's true. We better stick with remodeling. We pro- I probably know more about that anyways. So, uh, Greg, today, uh, f- first, if anybody is just tuning in and hasn't heard you yet, Greg, why don't you just give a little introduction about who you are, what you do, and a little bit of your background. Oh, well, thanks. Um I actually oversee production here at Dave Fox uh, from really kind of start to finish and have another gentleman underneath me kind of works the field and oversees the jobs once they get started. Um, I've been in this business since a teenager, 
cut my teeth on decks and pouring concrete and carrying block and kind of paid my dues, as they call it, for a while there. Uh, got into doing my own work um, as framing crews and trim crews, interior trim crews, for a while. And uh, kind of got tired of wearing all the hats and went to work for a builder. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a lot of experience over the years with the uh, both remodeling and new construction uh, in the industry. So, and that kind of led me to here about uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, Greg, both of us actually started from the bottom and worked our way up. We started with all the grunt work, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> and there's something to be said for that. You know, you learn from the bottom up and you've experienced every phase along the way. So you can relate to every single person in the company, can't you? You can. It's It was a great building block type of scenario where you start from sweeping floors to where because they really didn't trust you to do anything (laughs) else but clean up and then uh, a little bit as time goes on entrusted with things but you're right you can't associate from you know our guys who do demo all the way up through our sales staff etc because I sold my own jobs also and homes etc so yeah yeah Yeah, some of my uh well, I have a lot of fond memories, but some not so fond. <laughs> and it's uh, usually the nasty demo jobs are the ones that just stuck in my mind. It's like, oh my gosh, I can never get that out of my head. But there was this one bathroom in particular that I demoed, and it was tile in mud in wire lath, oh, ceiling, walls, uh, floor, the uh, whole thing. <laughs> I had to demo all that stuff out of there. And if anyone listening has ever done that, that wire lath and mud is like, pulling teeth to get it off the studs it, it isn't it's <laughs> it also very sharp too yes. it'll cut you so quickly and the dust is so terrible so that yep. uh demo job is firmly embedded in my brain forever i think yep <clears throat> we we've all had those yep okay so let's get on to something more exciting than demo okay good all right so um trade awareness we've got that as a topic today we do, and it, it's interesting, Gary. It's kind of near and dear to my heart. I'm involved with uh, BIA and NARI uh, when it comes to this, and we've worked really hard at trying to bring in some of our high school age kids that are in trade school that um, I would say maybe college isn't the perfect fit for them. So we've kind of taken some of them under our wing. I think we're up to four or five of those gentlemen now, and they're working still with us. and turning out to be really good field carpenters they're they're again learning from the building blocks up and there's a shortage of that you know i think for many years we got away from in the building industry having apprenticeship programs Mm -hmm. for the skilled trades so that's what we're trying to bring back a little bit here at day fox yeah you know the pendulum swings and for years and years you know college was the main interest for people uh, but in the early years, we still had plenty of people looking for construction-type jobs, yes. uh, carpentry, masonry, plumbing, whatever. So, you know, we could kind of ignore apprenticeship programs and stuff because there was plenty of supply. But then as that pendulum was swinging and then now it's like it was almost like an, a given that everyone's going to at least think about going to college or go to college. Right. And then they started racking up, you know, all this intense debt. And over years, they began to realize that that was not something fun to live with and that the the positions they were getting really didn't warrant maybe all the uh, debt that they piled up. So now that 
pendulum is kind of swinging back, and people are realizing, wow, there's really good paying jobs in the late in the uh, feet in the trades. There is. That's and, correct. And uh, it's a wonderful skill set. It's a, a job that's a lot of fun. It has a lot of variety. Uh, that pays well, and now I think that pendulum's swinging back right now just to where people are giving that a second thought. Yeah, I can remember two German men who helped me and showed me and kind of mentored me through the through the construction process, and both of those guys were amazing trim carpenters. Mm-hmm. And they said, if you learn a skilled trade, you will never, ever have to worry about work. Mm-hmm. And that is so true, Gary. It really is. Yeah. Especially now because uh, there's been, you know, kind of a lack of new young fellows and young gals coming into the trades. So now's a great time for anyone, female, male, uh, to come into the trades and and start to learn them. And ours is a great company to do that, isn't it? It it sure is. We have some great guys that are great teachers here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So... um, any other thoughts about uh, in, here in our first segment when we're kind of getting started? And I know we're going to be getting into some plumbing and some of the particulars about remodeling, which uh, there's a lot of them, aren't there? Because remodeling yeah, is quite broad. Yes, it is. And there's so much involved there. And you you promised to cover it all in this in this hour, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, there, a day doesn't go by that we don't run into something that we've never seen before. <laughs> yep, I just after all the years in this industry. It is true. I just ran into something the other day. Just yeah. two days ago, we ran into. I'm like, man, I have to scratch my head on this one. You I think, don't think you've I've seen ever... it all, and then you pull the siding off of a wall, or you take the plaster off the inside of a wall, and you see something. Oh my gosh, I never expected this. That, that's right. But that is the remodeling business, <clears throat> and. That's why uh, you either love it or you hate it, I think. Yeah, it can either drive you crazy or you can find so much satisfaction out of seeing the completed job, mm-hmm. the completed process. Yeah, because the difference between remodeling and new build is there's really a lot of differences, aren't there? Huge. Yeah. Yeah, like, with, with uh, and I'm not putting down new builds, but... <clears throat> You know, they... Um, well, I hope not because you no, spent years in that I did. Industry. I spent a lot of time in those. But you you don't run into the unforeseen. Do you have issues and problems along the way? Sure, with new builds. And mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to get through those or subs that don't show. We have those issues too. But in remodeling, sometimes even though we go out, do site visits, we plan for it, you just never know what you're going to uncover in a house. Mm-hmm. That's true. You've got to be uh, ready for the unexpected and... Um, we kind of build that into the uh, our clients' minds. We make make them understand that remodeling is uh, is kind of a art and science combined. But there's a lot of unknowns, and uh, we can run into unforeseen things. And we like to just kind of note that in our specifications as well. So again, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and I have Greg Rice with me this morning. Greg is a production supervisor. And you got a lot of people that are, rep- are reporting to you and a lot of projects uh, going on at any given time. So that's a lot of work. So we're going to take a quick break. After the break, Greg, let's talk a little bit about plumbing. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're listening to the Day Fox Home Remodeling Show. And I'm Gary Demas. I'm really glad to have you tuning in this morning. Here it is early November in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, lots of football games going on, and we've got a great team this year, don't we, Greg? We sure do. All right, it's fun to watch that. So 
Greg, we're talking about uh, plumbing this segment, and we're just talking really about planning and remodeling details. Uh, if any people listening happen to be thinking about a project or maybe you be, uh, have just been through one and it's just kind of fun to, to hear a rehash of things, then we welcome you aboard this morning. So plumbing uh, is kind of an important thing in most people's homes, right? It sure is. So do we ever we don't ever run into anything unexpected in plumbing, do we? Well, um, Dave Krimple, our in-house plumber, can give you a whole list of things, <laughs> Gary, if you have time for it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we do, and it, it's amazing uh, what we run into mm -hmm. and how sometimes uh, plumbing has been run in a house is is very difficult uh, when it comes to also the structural part of it and making sure it all works together and you're not cutting structural stuff out to make the plumbing work. Yeah, so. you know, in the first segment, Greg, we were talking about some of the unforeseen or hidden things that we run into or unexpected things mm -hmm. in remodeling if you're uncovering yeah. a wall. Um, I know a lot you got, go out on a lot of the larger projects, especially if there's anything structural involved because you're kind of analyzing that home and looking out for things that maybe some of the rest of us wouldn't catch. <clears throat> but when it comes to plumbing, um, how would it differ from electric or structural issues in terms of being able to see what's in the home and maybe anticipate some of the things you'd run into? We, uh, we usually start, I usually start in the basement first and look to try to locate where all the main stacks come through the first floor. Um, and into the basement. It gives us an idea if you're going to take a wall out, whether there's plumbing located in that wall. Um, and then we usually go upstairs and are there soffits in the kitchen? Is there a bathroom above the kitchen? Mm -hmm. That's probably a good indication. Yeah, you probably have some plumbing that runs through there. Uh, just we usually have to relocate those, but it's good because then if we see those up front, we can put those in the estimate versus you know, hitting our clients with change orders saying, oh, well, it was covered. Well, we try to do our best to keep our clients informed as to where things are, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, can be, it can be run anywhere. The soffits is a good point because nowadays everybody wants, you know, if their house was built in the 80s or 70s or 60s, it usually has soffits in it. And of course now everybody wants those gone. <clears throat> so um, I know when we go out and inspect homes, if the soffit uh, looks like it could have something in it. We'll cut inspection holes beforehand just so we're not surprised, right? Yes, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, we'll have to cut a one foot by one foot square out so we can look down both ways of the soffit to see if there's anything in there. Yeah, it's pretty critical to know that ahead of time, especially when we're ordering cabinetry, because if we're planning on taking all the soffits out and running the cabinets up to the ceiling, we got to make sure we can actually do that, don't we? Yeah, we got to make sure we can relocate the pipe without leaving six inches or so above the cabinets to get the plumbing run in. Yeah, I can think of some scenarios where we pulled all the soffit down. You know, now we're we're gutting the kitchen, and all the drywalls off, and we see this mess of pipes in there that's just like ridiculous. And uh, we bring the plumber out, and uh, you know, Dave would be scratching his head, thinking and thinking, and pacing the floor and yeah. thinking some more <laughs> but he always comes up with the way doesn't he he usually does yeah. it's it's plumbing is it's tough to get it moved but it's amazing where you can get it moved to dave mm -hmm. does dave is really good at that and troubleshooting through those things mm -hmm. yeah so if somebody was planning a remodel let's say a bathroom what are some of the things they need to think about in terms of uh, plumbing plumbing 
Well, are you changing a shower? Are you, you changing a tub? Are you replacing a tub? Are you making a tub into a shower? Um, the other things are structural-wise. If you're uh, moving a toilet, uh, it carries a three-and-a-half-inch outside diameter pipe, and you can't drill a two-by-eight uh, to put that through. Uh, code doesn't allow you to do that. A 2 by 10 or 12, you can. You can get it through there as long as you gusset and do a few other things. So it really depends on what the framing is in the house, the floor joist load, where you're moving things. You don't want to put anything on an outside wall that isn't insulated. So you can't move your shower control from the inside to the outside wall. That'll freeze. So there's... Uh, and, and changing to a shower, there's new codes on how big that drain needs to be now um, and where you can run it. So it it's really takes a, a professional that has had the experience that knows you have to have the right amount of fall, too much fall, and that's not good. Uh, you can have actually too much fall in your pipe um, when it comes to the toilet run or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of codes that there's a pretty thick code book that uh, you have to abide by. Yeah. You know, someone may be listening and thinking, well, why would I want to move my toilet or why would I want to move my shower? But our designers are really good, I think, at, of course, looking at the existing home and the existing floor plan. And, of course, we're talking to the client, wanting to know what their needs are, what problems are they having in this living space. And sometimes by moving a toilet or a shower, it makes such an improvement in the functionality of the floor plan that uh, even though it's it's more expensive to do that and you've got this additional plumbing to do, maybe it just makes all the sense in the world because how it can drastically improve the, the floor plan and the functionality of the space. Yeah, I'd say probably, um, and this is a guess, but I'd say 80% of our jobs, we're moving that stuff. And 20% we're keeping the same. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we're going to pull what's there and update it and leave the plumbing locations in the same place. Mm-hmm. That's maybe 20% of the time, 80% we're changing something. Yeah. And, of course, the toilet with the large 3.5-inch uh, waste pipe is the most difficult to move uh, unless you're just moving it a foot or two, right? So if you're moving it at 10 feet, or eight feet, then we've got drilling through uh, existing joists or finding a new place in the home to bring that waste pipe down. Yeah, huh? new path. Yeah, but if we're ever recommending something that drastic, there's got to be a really good reason for it because it's going to, uh, maybe they're enlarging the bathroom, maybe they're encompassing part of an adjacent bedroom or a closet or something. Or make it like a universal design with, you know, low threshold for easy entry for aging in place. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, of course, moving a lavatory is usually not too difficult. It's a small, it's a small drain line. But uh, by and large, like you say, we're, we're often moving something in there just to make the functionality better or to get the client what they want in that bathroom space. Yes. So um, kitchens, yeah, that's another whole story, huh? Yeah, they are. Um, yeah. Most of the time they're on the first floor, and if there's no let's say finished basement below area, uh, it's usually pretty easy to move for the most part. Your sink, whatever location, add a sink to an island maybe, um, because all that would be accessible from the basement. But Mm -hmm. if it's finished, it makes it a little more difficult. 
Yeah, it seems to be very popular to move a sink from a wall to an island now in some plans just to get more space. Sometimes the the uh, range is up close to the sink in the refrigerator and, there's, and it's just kind of a tight cram space. And yeah. if you take that sink and move it to an island, then it frees up a lot of counter space right where you need it in those yeah. working zones. I've seen them add just by that location, add more prep space too for the cook in the kitchen. Yeah. Because the right amount of counter spot or counter space in the right locations is really important in the functionality of of a kitchen and working yes, it there. Is. And if uh, some families have uh, maybe two cooks in there, then that's all the more important to make sure you've got good counter space for everybody. So there's a lot that goes into remodeling. Uh, just plumbing is one aspect of it. There's a lot more to it. There's electric. There's uh, the carpentry, the structural issues. So I know um, in this next segment, Greg, I want to talk about some of the electrical and lighting issues because that's a big deal with remodeling now. Uh, yes, it lighting is. is very important, especially as we age. We need more light, which I definitely know that firsthand. Me too. So <laughs> we will be back to talk about that in just a minute. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and I have Greg Rice with me this morning. Greg, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for having me again. So I've been talking about a lot of remodeling things, electric, plumbing, uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, we just finished up in the last segment on lighting, in case you missed that and are just tuning in. just like to let you know you can go to DaveFoxRadio.com, and there you can listen to any of our previously broadcast radio shows. We just invite you to do that. So, Greg, right uh, before the, uh, the last break, we mentioned that we would talk about um, some of the things that people will come in and think about. These are more of the details towards the end of a project. Obviously, the plumbing, that has to be thought out beforehand. We've got to yes. lay out a design, know where all the drain lines and water lines are going to go, and that all has to go in before our finished wall and floor uh, materials go in. And uh, same with electric. <clears throat> all that's got to be run and planned and designed and thought out so that we make sure we get the light fixtures in the right place, the outlets in the right place, the light switches, and uh, make sure we have, you know, the number of switches for each light that, it, that makes sense depending on the floor plan. So there's a lot to think about there. There is. But all that has to be thought about before all the wall finishes go on. That's correct. Yeah. So that's why we do that quality control meeting right before we run electric because then that client can be looking in Maybe maybe we were doing a kitchen project and we uh, ripped all the drywall off the interior walls. Maybe we took a wall out between the dining room and the kitchen. Now the space is different. Maybe we moved a window or a door because a lot of times that can make a huge improvement in the function of a floor plan. So then that's going to alter the location of outlets and switches and lighting. So we got to make sure all that stuff works. So that's why we have that quality control meeting. And you were mentioning, Greg, yes. how the our guys will tape out that area. Yeah, then it gives you a great idea of how the space is going to be once all the mm -hmm. pieces are in place. Yeah. So it's very helpful to get that stuff done before all the finished treatments go on because it saves us time and it saves the client's money. It does, yes. But, you know, there's always a scenario where we <laughs> do all that, put the drywall on, and we the client says, well, let's change this. And course we do that we do <laughs> we do we go back and we it's their home not ours right that's right mm -hmm. we remodel the remodel that's as we right. call it that does happen from time to time yep. 
But at any point, we want to make sure that our clients get something they're happy with long term because we, 10 years later, we want them to be thrilled with what we did and, you know, that they're enjoying it and their family's enjoying it. Absolutely. So then as these finish materials start to go on, the drywall, the flooring, ceilings, uh, then we have some of the fun stuff like, uh, you know, now the countertops go in, the sink goes in, the appliances go in. And some of the final moldings go in. And then some of the fun stuff like TVs go in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd like to plan for those ahead if we could. But Why is sometimes that? we don't. Well, mm-hmm. nowadays some of these TVs are pretty large. Um, you know, if we're working and maybe they're moving the TV um, to another side, we'd like to know that while we're doing the drywall at the same time. Because really to do that correctly, a lot of times we need to put blocking in the wall for it. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on the TV or how they want it mounted. It does it have a articulating arms. Is it, it? It can get pretty detailed, and we might have to do a little extra work. But we can pretty much get anything hung that we need to mm-hmm. on the wall. What are some other uh, kind of the end of the road uh, finishes, end of the project uh, things that people are having done or are interested in? towel bars um and i would go to the extent of if they're thinking of staying for a while and they're aging in the house you'll you might want to change those out or plan for when they're remodeling grab bars they're a little bit different it's for the aging people to get a hold of something pull themselves in or out of the shower tub etc so to plan for those ahead of time would be good uh if you're doing a remodel just there's a standard height we put the blocking in at, so it might be something extra um, to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, any TV placement, if you're changing anything or doing anything down the road or you want to do uh, speakers or anything like that, a good time is while you're doing the remodel is at least run it and rough it in and have it there. Maybe put a blank cover plate over the outlet so you can access it later. Yeah. You know, all the different technologies and how they evolve um, in different wiring connections. You know, it's like that has changed so much just in the past few years. Even the network cable, you know, keeps improving. Um, Our cable lines, uh, all those technologies keep changing. And sometimes I think we'll put conduits feeding a TV so that in the future, if uh, the technology changes and they need to fish a different type of wire up there, it's not so difficult. You don't have to pull drywall off. That's correct. You can just clip the end of the one, tape the new one to it, and Mm -hmm. pull it right through the the conduit. So yeah, planning for all that ahead and thinking through that can be uh, time-saving and also a little bit of less grief later Mm -hmm. down the road. Yeah, so our designers help our clients to think through some of those things because when you're doing a remodel project, there's so much to think about and so many selections and decisions to be made. And I know, uh, you know as well as I, Greg, when our designers are working with clients, you know, they'll have meetings that never exceed two hours because that's pretty much everyone's brain is fried. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with that, Gary. After two hours, (laughs) it's like, boy, it's like they're numb, you know, and they don't get anything done. So our designers are are on top of that and kind of watch that. And also even the time of day they meet with clients because if you come to a meeting, uh, a, a selection meeting, which requires a lot of mental thought, 
if you come there after having gone through a bunch of mental fatigue that day, then you just don't have much energy left Let, that's for true. all those important decisions. So I know our designers will kind of touch base with clients and find out what their plans are for the day, and maybe it's better to meet early uh, some morning, especially if there's a lot of decisions to be made, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when your guys get on that project and when it gets start building and want have all the materials there and the right light fixtures and the right plumbing fixtures and electrical connections, you know, if all that's been thought about ahead of time and been uh, worked out all the details with our designers, then when you guys are ready to go, you got the products and materials that you need so you're not held up. Yeah, it makes it run. The project will run a lot smoother at that point. Mm -hmm. You always have your hiccups, but in this case, if you can plan for that blocking, then you're not tearing stuff out or putting stuff back or, again, cutting out drywall to put it in. Um, And those could be the little things. I mean, it can also affect the mechanicals, where they go and the placement of the mechanicals, plumbing lines, heating, cooling lines, depending on what your use is, you Mm -hmm. know, for that wall space. Yeah. Just there's so many products on the market today, and a lot of them have such different requirements that it's really crucial for us to know early, as early as we can, you know, what a uh, particular material will need, what the requirements are, so that we can have everything there and be ready to go. So, Greg, thanks a lot for being here this morning. Well, it's my been pleasure. A fun show, and appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about some exterior, so I'm sure. You'll want to be here to hear that show. Um, we always appreciate everyone tuning in and want you to know that uh, you can reach us by email, by emailing info at davefox.com. Uh, you can go to our website, davefox.com. There we've got a ton of photos, a lot of information about remodeling there and the whole process. Uh, you can see all of our staff members there. If you want to know what Greg looks like, you can look him up right there on the website. And uh, we just uh, invite you to do that. Um, and appreciate everyone that tunes in to our show regularly and we will see you all back here next Sunday morning at 8.